Hey, I'm Natasha Crane. And I'm Elisa Childers. Welcome to Unshaken Faith, where we equip you to live your Christian faith boldly in a chaotic culture. Many Christian parents feel the tension between what our kids want out of church versus what they might actually need. Every once in a while, these two goals line up perfectly and the whole family is happy about what church they attend, but this isn't always the case. In fact, recently I've met some parents who told me that they chose their church based on their kids' likes and dislikes and potential social opportunities. On the other hand, I've met parents who worry about how small their church is and how much it lacks a social program for their kids. So today we're going to ask the question, should you change churches for your kids? We'll offer some thoughts on that, but more importantly, some important points for you to consider if you find yourself in that situation. So first, an announcement and our tips of the week. Well, it's not too late to get tickets for our Unshaken Conference on November 4th in Nashville. That is just around the corner. I feel like every time we have announced the Nashville date throughout the year, it seems like it's so far off, but it is almost here. We're very excited about it. Elisa, Frank Turek, and I will be there to help equip and encourage you to stand firm in today's crazy culture. For more information, the schedule, all the info that you want, go to unshakenconference.com. That's where you can get your tickets as well. And also, we just want to remind you to please take a minute and share our episodes with people you you know who you think might find some value in them. So you can share on social media, send someone an email, text a friend, whatever makes sense for you. But we would really appreciate your help in getting the word out about what we're doing here. And of course, if you can take a minute to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast player, that helps us as well. We so much enjoy reading your comments and it really does help more people find out about the show. Well, my tip for this week is for parents, and it's to remember to keep a long-term perspective on discipleship. So I have to tell myself this all the time. There are days when your kids will say or do things, and inside you just kind of freak out thinking, how did we get to this point? How can they say or do this if all this discipleship is really taking root in their hearts? And let's be honest, sometimes it's not just days like this. It's weeks or even months on some issues. Maybe you're even facing years, but then you have other days or weeks or months when you see some fruit suddenly, and it's a reminder that God works in us over the course of a lifetime. We are all a work in progress. Whether you're an adult or a kid, we are all works in progress. So even when you might be disappointed sometimes, don't get discouraged. Remember that we have to have a long horizon when it comes to working out our faith. Elisa, is it just me? Are there ever days when you wonder, like, what's going on here? (laughs) Oh, man, all the time. That's such a great point, too, because and that's, that's where I just take so much refuge in the fact that God is sovereign and that he promises to work together all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, because we could be even going through a trial or something that seems uh, really difficult that we can't see the future. Like, you know, God knows the end from the beginning, and he knows what he's working in us and through us in those situations. And um, interestingly, my tip of the week, which ties really well into this because of one of the the songs I'll talk about, but my tip of the week is, uh, I'm just going to be honest, shameless (laughs) self-promotion. And so I just want to let everyone know that I've recorded some new music and it's available this week. It just released and you can go to elisachilders.com slash music. You can also go to youtube.com slash at Elisa Childers Music and listen to the lyric videos and and, uh, check those out there. But it reminds me of my song, Your Grace is Enough from that recording, Natasha, because it's like looking back through different periods of my life when 
I was going through something that I just couldn't quite figure out in the time. But looking back from this perspective, I can see that God was actually using that for my good. And there were things that I would never have wanted to walk through, but knowing what God worked in the, you know, in the end and even continues to work through those things, I am so grateful that I had to walk through those things or that, or those times of questioning and figuring like, I don't have it all figured out. So that, uh, is reflected in my song, your grace is enough. So my tip for the week is go buy my music. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Go buy Elisa's music. I can't wait to hear it. I haven't got a chance to hear it yet. So I'm really excited to listen to it. And I hope that these tips have been encouraging to people to just think about that with the the long-term perspective, because it can be hard in the day to day. We have to just always remind ourselves to look over the long horizon. And so that ties in to an email that I actually received through my website recently that kind of sums up what we're talking about today. So I'm going to read it to you and then offer a couple of thoughts. So this mom wrote and she said, quote, we moved between states a year ago. We found a church we liked and joined it. The church is biblical and we love the worship time. The problem is that it's a small church. There are no middle school aged kids for our 14 year old to connect with. Our 17 year old has the same problem. We have to attend other churches' youth groups just to make some friends. We've tried other churches, but found this one to be the best and believe God led us here. But our kids are miserable. Should we ever consider leaving for their sake or keep strong at this church? Any advice is appreciated, end quote. Well, I really, really feel for this mom, and I understand the difficulty in the situation because our family has been in this before, and I will say we have changed churches twice, actually, in part out of consideration for our kids' needs. So in the first case, we were at a huge church, and even though our kids were still really little, they were like young elementary age at that time, we felt like it was just too big, too loud, too overwhelming. They were getting lost in the mix, and so we made the decision to start attending a much smaller church closer to home, one that was actually connected to the Christian school where the kids were attending. So we felt like they would kind of fit in there very quickly. But then over time, we had the opposite problem. The Sunday school program was so small that there were a lot of weeks when my twins were the only ones in the class. So literally, it's like, you know, have a small group breakout time. Well, the small group discussion was an adult facilitating conversation between my two kids. Mm -hmm. So they were getting close to middle school age at that time. And we felt it was important for them to have church peers in that preteen and teen time period. So we made the decision to go to another church. Well, fast forward to the church where we are now, and one of my daughters really hasn't connected there after a couple of years with kids her age. She doesn't want to go to the youth program on Sundays because she doesn't have friends in it. So she sits with us in church, in in big church every week. And honestly, she'd probably want to go to another church where she has friends. But we feel like everything our church has in place is doctrinally sound. We have good community there, and we feel like she could join in if she wanted to. So that's not a reason for us to leave. I have another daughter who likes our church, but doesn't really like the music. She doesn't like the contemporary kind of stuff. I think she'd be happier somewhere with hymns, for example, but that's not a reason we would leave either. So I'm giving you all this personal background to say that I think it's totally legitimate to consider your kids when deciding what church you attend because they're part of your family. And let's be honest, their church experience does matter in their spiritual formation. When you look back at your own childhood, if you grew up in a church, I want you to think back to how much your church experience formed your view of Christians, of Christianity, of the church, of God, everything. It does matter. So it's not just about the adults, but, and this is a big but, there are good reasons and bad reasons to make a switch. So you shouldn't just go wherever your kids want to go. 
So circling back to this email that I received, the adults might love a church, but if the kids are truly miserable, it's worth considering if they're miserable for valid reasons. If the kids are miserable because they have to sit in church rather than go to a youth program, I'd say that's not a good reason to leave. It's a good thing for kids to learn to worship with everyone else. But if they're miserable because there's no peer community and they feel totally disconnected from their church body, that's something I think to at least give consideration to. You don't want to flippantly switch churches because your kids don't like something. Like I said, I wouldn't switch churches just because someone in the family doesn't like the music style. But if there are other doctrinally sound churches in the area where your kids might have the opportunity to form meaningful spiritual community with peers, I think it's at least worth considering. All of that said, we also have to be careful going the other direction and choosing a church predominantly for the kids, which I know happens in a lot of families, just because of the youth ministry. So that brings us to our next point. Right. And I think that in the original comment, this is reflected interestingly where she said, you know, sometimes we even visit other youth groups to give them that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. If you have a church that your family attends, but maybe there's a Wednesday night somewhere else that your kid can go and kind of scratch that itch of the the social connection and finding that community. I don't, I don't see there's anything really inherently wrong with that. But I do think it's, it's important just to kind of bring to this conversation the consideration of the pros versus the cons of youth ministry in general. So I know several wonderful youth pastors who just do a phenomenal job discipling the young people in their church with biblical literacy, theology, and apologetics. And my kids attend the youth group at our church, so I'm in no way anti-youth group. But with that said, I think we should be aware of the history of youth ministry, which is actually a fairly new development. In fact, for most of church history, there was no separate space for teenagers and young people. In fact, you know, the word teenager wasn't even really used in popular culture until around the 40s. So youth specific ministry can be traced back to the 18th century, but it really gained steam between the 40s and the 70s. So fast forward to today, and studies are showing that a large number of youth peop- of uh, young people are leaving the church after high school. Now, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that youth ministry is the reason, you know, uh, correlation doesn't equal causation, but I do recommend we think through these issues and maybe ask some questions. Um, for example, our friend Jay Werner Wallace wrote a really thought-provoking article about this. And the article is called Maybe Young Christians Leave Us Because They Were Never With Us in the First Place. So uh, Jay Werner Wallace is a former youth pastor, and he draws attention to an important point. And I'll just read this uh, quote from this article. He said, in many larger churches here in Southern California, students spend their entire young church life outside the presence of their parents. We escort our kids to the children's ministry when they're very young and drop them off at the youth room when they get older. Aside from Christmas and Easter, our families are seldom together, even when attending church together. The church uh, our Christian students eventually leave isn't our church at all. It's the youth and the children's ministry we created alongside our church. And that's an end quote there. So I think when thinking through whether or not to leave a church based on the youth ministry, it might be worth considering the benefit of actually having the family attend church together uh, rather than in separate spaces where we have all of these kind of cordoned off ministries based on our gender or our age or, or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's kind of how I've thought through my the whole situation with my one daughter wanting to just come into church with us every week because she doesn't want to go to the youth program. On the one hand, I wanted to make those peer connections. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe this is where God would have her is in. Well, I did that, Natasha. Service. 
When I was in high school, I did the same exact thing. When I was, I believe, in 10th or 11th grade, I just, I didn't really care for the youth group. I just started attending, you know, big church with my parents. And I don't think, I think that was a good call that they let me do that. Yeah. And, you know, our older, the high school age kids at our church, they actually all come, they start together for their own worship, and then they come in in time for the sermon into oh, that's the big great. church. And so it's kind of a mix of that. And I love that. I love when it's all together. And I think there's something too here about individual kids' personalities, because some kids will find it very important to have some of those peer level relationships in, in terms of their willingness and their desire to come to church. I mean, yes, of course, we want it to be first and foremost about God, but there's always at that age, this desire desire for the peer community and other kids couldn't care less about that. So I have mm -hmm. a mix of that in my house, right? And so it just kind of does depend on the individual kids as well. And we have to always kind of take into account everyone's needs. So if this fits well for my daughter at this time, I guess that, you know, that's, that's how we're handling it. But clearly, as you can see from this conversation, there's no one size fits all approach for this conversation to this question. Each family is going to be different. Every church has its blessings and challenges. So don't forget, if you're in this kind of situation, pray and ask the Lord for guidance and go mm. to scripture as your authority on this and all topics, as we're always doing on our show, we want to point this back to scripture. And of course, there's not a lot in the Bible about kids and church, but that's partly because in the first century, when the New Testament was written, church was really different. Christians were meeting in homes. They had shared possessions. Some even lived communally. So they didn't have all these choices that we do in our culture today. Of course, the Bible doesn't speak to this present day situation. Everyone just fellowshiped with the Christians who were in their area. But that doesn't mean that we can't take biblical principles and apply them to this type of a decision. So the first and most important thing I think that we would take away is that choosing a church has to be about first finding the church that has sound doctrine. And of course, you're going to have multiple options for that. But there are a lot of churches that don't have sound doctrine. Mm. And, you know, First Timothy 1.13 says, for example, follow the pattern, the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. So when we look at all of the teachings of scripture in the New Testament, we hear over and over again, sound teaching is so important. So no youth program in the world can make up for bad doctrine. There are a mm. lot of big, huge social programs that are labeled youth ministry, but if the church has bad doctrine, it is a no. It's a, a no-go from the very beginning. And then also Hebrews 10, 25 tells us not to neglect meeting together. So it's important that we don't stop going to church just because we can't find the one that is perfectly suited to everything that we'd like as if we're shopping for a car or something. So consider the adults in the family, consider the kids in the family, consider everyone, but don't conclude that, hey, nothing fits. So we're just going to set it out. We're just going to stay home. We're going to be in between churches perpetually. That's what we don't want to do. So Find a church with sound teaching, don't neglect meeting together, and pray to the Lord for guidance on where you can best fit as a family. Yeah, and that sound doctrine point is so important because I don't know if you've observed this, but I've observed that typically the youth groups tend to have a little bit weaker doctrine than the big yes. church has. And so if the church doesn't have good doctrine, but they have this amazing youth group, I don't know. I think that's really a, an indicator that you want to steer clear of that because it's probably not going to be any better in the youth group, even if they have, you know, all of the social things together done really well. That's but so true. I, I think, 
Yeah. I think one final point to consider is that, you know, and that this is kind of talking about that, that just because a youth program is big and has lots of kids and all the bells and whistles that seem appealing, it doesn't mean that they're actually discipling young people to be disciples of Jesus. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with games and pizza parties and and all of those kinds of things that draw kids in. I think that's great when we can use those things creatively, but those things could end up backfiring if they aren't accompanied by that sound teaching and dedicated leaders who really model what a real Christian looks like. And and I would just add to that too. A lot of times youth pastors are in some churches are chosen because they look cool. They wear the right jeans and this and that, but they don't have any training. I think that one question I would really want to ask is, has this youth leader been through seminary? Have they been trained? Have they been discipled by a mentor who is sound in their doctrine and and in their uh, theology of discipleship? I think that's really important and a good question to ask as well. And I think that's probably, for committed Christian parents, the biggest challenge um, that I've just heard over the years is parents will say, we love our church, and the church is you know, absolutely biblically sound, great doctrine, we love everything there, but the youth program is kind of meek and mild. Mm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. not that it's necessarily heretical. Most parents would spot that and say, well, we're leaving. <laughs> it's more that the youth program just isn't offering a lot of meat and depth. And yeah. that's what parents often encounter, and they say, well, should I go to another church? to maybe find a youth program that has greater depth. I don't know of a youth program anywhere in our area. We live in a very urban area in Southern California. I don't, I can't think of a youth program I've heard about that is super in-depth, super weighty, super meaty, teaching apologetics, digging in. Mm -hmm. It just, I I have not seen that personally. So if you're always going and moving churches in order to find the youth program that's going to go super deep, you might be sorely disappointed because you're just going to keep searching and searching. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of a lot of youth programs today. So there, there's always going to be the give and take. We have to remember that we are the primary disciples of our kids. Yes, we long for the church to come alongside us as parents, but at the same time, it's primarily our responsibility. Well, thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lisa Childers podcast and the Natasha Crane podcast for more long form episodes where we go deeper into topics like these. For now, let's remember that as Christians, we have a firm foundation to stand on that as Psalm 62 puts it, is our rock and salvation, our fortress where we will never be shaken. <laughs>